Congratulations. Five, Fight fans, welcome to another edition of Web Boxing 101, live from El Paso, Texas, and I want five here from the installations of Warrior's Edge Boxing Gym and Promotions. I am Tree, your host, and with us is Mr. Hitman here to my right or left, Herman Delgado, the Hitman, and man, what an honor to have the myth, the legend, the one and only Mr. Tony Weeks. Welcome to the show, guys. Awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Great to be here, man, Tony. It's, it, you don't know how much it's. I'm so excited to have you. Just, <laughs> just for you to take the time to talk to us says a lot about you, man. I mean, you're, you're an excellent guy. Uh, the last thank time you. I saw you, Tony, you were in Bado, New Mexico, and I think I sent you yeah. a picture. You took a picture yeah. with me and my son, man. Yeah, absolutely. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that made my son. My son's an amateur boxer, and he, it made his day, man. He told oh, everybody, man. He has. He did a picture and he put it up in his room. Uh, and he cut me out. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> so, so Tony, uh, you're in Las Vegas. How's that over there right now? With uh, is everything getting back to normality? Uh, slowly, slowly but surely. Um, you know they are talking about opening up the arenas again, uh, with limited fans, of course. And uh, uh, yeah, so yeah, you know, you, uh, you know, Vegas, you know, is an attraction. So we have a lot of. Uh, uh, out-of-state people coming here, and, and uh, so it, it could be a little difficult at times. Yeah, and, and you know what? I, I figure like Las Vegas is in competition with other states. For example, it seems like all the fights are in Texas right now. Hmm. Yeah, right? yeah, because of the full oh, capacity, or I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean that's primarily you know it. You know, uh, a lot of other states are really opening up, and uh, you know the yeah, it's about the money and the reported. The report, um, excuse me. The promoters can't make you know that much money just uh, you know with with uh, no no fan audience. Right, and I mean uh, one of the big fights. That, well, I mean we've been in Dallas, all over Texas, and we figure because Texas is opening up, opening up, not going back to normality. Uh, one thing that I that kind of thought was weird that we have the Munguia fight here in El Paso in two weeks. Yeah, I mean Munguia Golden Boy Promotions will be in El Paso. And they don't have it 100%. It's going to be a 40% capacity, right, Herman? Yeah, I believe so. That's why the the ticket prices went up pretty high. Mm. Yeah, so they they got to make their money, right? But mm. you know, I'm just glad that everything's going back to normality, right, Tony? And oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's 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 totally different without the crowd. It's not the same energy. Um, it's not the same vibe. Uh, you know, when you you know, especially here in Vegas. Um, 
uh, T-Mobile Arena, MGM Grand, Mandalay Bay, you know, you have a full capacity. Uh, you can feel the electricity, the celebrities, everybody's there. It, it just adds to the fight. Right. Even, wa mean, even watching other sports on TV, you're watching the basketball game, and it doesn't the the vibrations not there, the the feelings not there without the fans. Oh, all, I mean, all around. Yeah, and, and you know what, Tony, you 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 said that there's no, you know, the the energy and all that. You guys, and I imagine a, a a a spectator or somebody watching it on TV, and then they have that like that fake sound of crowd. This yeah. is not the same. No, man. no, no. I mean. It it really, it really shows the importance of the fans. It really did, right? Yeah, no, and uh, you know, people, uh, you know, you, you know, you talk about home court advantage or uh, or certain uh, uh, baseball teams, basketball teams, football teams, or even even in boxing. Um, uh, yeah, the vibe is not there. You know, is this? Yeah, you know, I one good thing, you know. Uh, uh, we don't get heckled that much, though. <laughs> yeah, we're, and we're going to get into those questions, man. Um, <laughs> Tony, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Growing up, family. Um... Yeah, I uh, grew up in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Um, wow, Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my my, uh, I'm the youngest. I just have a sister. My sister and uh, both my parents are uh, passed away. Um uh, and uh you know i uh you know growing up in brooklyn is uh or any uh inner city but especially in brooklyn you know it's it's it it really it really toughens you up you know you you're you're exposed to a lot of things where a lot of uh other places or small towns so forth that uh maybe sheltered away from a lot of things but uh growing up in uh brooklyn um it was it was amazing, you know. Uh, people asking me, uh, you know, uh, if I had to do all over again, would I want to grow up somewhere else? I said, no, I, I wouldn't want to grow up anywhere else but but Brooklyn, New York. And and, and that was because it was it was a, was that rough up there, Tony? Oh, absolutely. Right. A, 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 absolutely. You know, you, you know, you you had the gangs, you had, you know, the uh, the crime, you the drugs, you know, everything around you, you know. Um, but for me, growing up, uh, sports was my way out. Uh, I always was an athletic guy. You know, I played uh, football and and I ran track. Uh, so I was always involved uh, in some type of activity. And I I did my uh, um excuse me I did martial arts also. So I was always involved in some t uh, activity and wasn't really uh, in the streets, so to speak. And, and and you talk about that's the person you are because of where you grew up. Oh, absolutely, um, absolutely, and and I and this is what I always say. And I heard me would see me. I, I run a gym here in El Paso, Tony. Yeah, uh, it's a small gym. Uh, mm -hmm. It's my hobby. I'm a 23 year veteran of the El Paso County Sheriff's Office. Okay, and I made it. I made it a mission to help kids and bring people like Herman to help kids. And I always say this, man. Man, I had a good childhood. It was rough. Mm -hmm. We were yeah. playing outside. And mm -hmm. and I kind of sometimes feel bad because I do have kids mm -hmm. that I, I wish they would have had a, a bringing like mine. Um, mm -hmm. And it's not their fault. It's just the world we live in. Absolutely. Uh, we, you know, it's not their fault. I mean, it's a technology yeah. world. They're always inside. They're, it's harder to get gyms in the they get kids in the gym. Uh, mm -hmm. Man, just times were different, man. So I, I'm kind of happy, like you say, Tony, because my upbringing – the toughness of my parents and mm -hmm. made me who I am because I'll share a story yes. with you. Mm -hmm. My dad would, would, God, man, he would, 
every day when I when I was about to graduate. Are you? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Apply for this. Apply for that. You know that I applied for the yeah. sheriff's office so I can just have them just. I'm going <laughs> to yeah. do it. And now, 23 years later, Tony, yeah. I thank him. Yes, uh, I yes. thank him. And it yes. was it was rough upbringing, man. But oh, it's, it's tough. Yeah. So absolutely, you know the one the one thing you know, youth is a beautiful thing, but. A lot of times, you know, uh, the young kids, they don't really understand uh, that the road that they're on, we already been there. We know what's down that road. And it's the same thing like what your father was uh, 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 letting you know. Uh, he'd been down that road, so he knew, he understood, you know, what was happening, what you needed to do in order to be successful. You know, yeah, now's the time to think about what you want to do. Now's the time to think about your future. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of kids, you know, like I say, with, with today's technology, uh, they on the cell phones all the time, internet, internet, and, you know, so forth and so on. And, uh, you know, a lot of times they really don't really think about the end of the future when, it, when the time comes to, uh, to really think about it and really know and understand what you want to do and what you want to be. I think we call, I think I refer to that as all these kids nowadays, the entitled generation. Mm -hmm. they, they figure they think they're entitled to everything where they don't have to work as hard for it yeah. like we did so oh yeah, yeah it's it's kind of yeah. tough yeah, yeah you know it's, it's, it's funny excuse me i'm sorry it, no, it's, no, it's, okay, it, it's funny when you say it because you know i i remember growing up in, you know we weren't poor we weren't we weren't rich but i remember growing up in in in, in the inner city and uh you know we lived in a small apartment uh and i was Always, when I said, "Man, why couldn't my my parents be rich? Why couldn't I be yeah. born into money and stuff?" And, I, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and and, and now uh, that I'm an adult and I look back at that, you know, and I'm saying I'm glad they didn't, you know, because yeah. when 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 you're born into money, you miss a lot, you know, you you you. It's like it's like yeah, it's like we all travel in that same road. You have the Express train, and you have the local train. Now, that express train, we're all going to end, end up at the same destination. And that's express train that goes straight there. But that local train makes all those stops. And you know what's what's at every stop. That local, that the express train, they'll have no idea. So, you know, um, uh, no, I, I wouldn't want to, uh, uh, you know, if I had to do it all over again, I know. I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be born into money. Yeah, then. When kids fall off that express train now, they don't know what to do. What's next? Yeah. What, what do we do? What do you Absolutely. call that? Or, 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 if they have it, or if they have it the easy way. A prime yeah. example, and again, this is me. A prime example is who Cesar Chavez Sr. had it mm. rough. Mm, and then yeah. you look at his son on the express train. Mm. Everything was given to him. And look at how he's turned out. Do you, do you think yeah. that's the case? I mean, I mean, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. You know, uh, uh, Sr. was hungry senior came from nothing you know so he had to fight for everything he had it, you know when when something is already there for you you don't really have to put forth the effort uh and you know you're not really thinking about well if uh if doesn't make it I, I still have this to fall back on no senior had nothing to fall back on so yeah. his motivation was even more powerful uh, yeah. and and more determined, you know, to make it. So it, it definitely makes a difference, you know. It does. I mean, like you say, man, it's that, I mean, you you, ha you really have to fight. And now if it was given to you, you're not really, you're not going to appreciate the things. I, and this is, you know, on that note, I had a, 
I had a gift given to me by one of my cadet classes, uh-huh. Sheriff's cadet classes. They gave me a plaque with a crank on it, uh-huh. you know, a window crank on the yeah. plaque. And uh-huh. my philosophy behind that is that we used to work for things. Yeah. You know, now <laughs> we just can say the car roll down the window, motherfucker does it by yeah. itself. Yeah, push the button, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's so easy, you know. <laughs> yeah. But and I hang that pride in my office at the at the at my office at work, and it reminded me that you know what? Yeah, man. Back then we had to work for stuff, man, and it's yeah. unfortunate. It's not the kid's fault now. No, um, no. But no. you know what? It, it has been challenging to fill the gym up with kids mm-hmm. like when I used to grow up and go to the rec centers. Yes. Yeah. Right. So. Yes. So Tony, you tell us that you were in martial arts. Did you ever box when you were growing up? No, no, I just competed in martial arts. Yeah, I did. Yeah, wow. I was, what? was always, I, I was always into boxing, you know, because I grew up during the, the the Ali era, Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier's, you know, all the all the great fighters of that era. Uh, so I was always into boxing and and and, and really loved it, you know. But uh, I was more so into martial arts because I, once again, growing up in the inner city. It was about protection, <laughs> you know. It wasn't about it was about competing. It was about protection. That that was the bottom line. Yeah. But but you know what, Tony Mac, protection. You are you're a big guy. Hey, but there's you're a tall. Bigger, there's some bigger guys out there. <laughs> and How tall are little, you? Too? It, it, and even the little guys when 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 they when they're in the group, it is it's different. Yeah. Right. Right. But, but you know, Tony, I think that all the sports that you were involved. Is the what gives you that boost of confidence when you step in that ring between these fighters and say, "Break, break!" It's I, like you're absolutely. in charge. I'm in charge. Absolutely, I think that sports absolutely. has a lot to do with that. I, I learned discipline at an early age, and uh, I didn't know it at the time what I was learning or what I was going through, but I learned discipline, and I learned to have the confidence within myself. Uh, you know, I give you an example. Uh, I played, uh, I tried out for uh, a part one football team. I made the team. My first year, I mean, I, 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 it wasn't good. I mean, it wasn't that bad, but it wasn't good. I was a running back. And the coach really wanted to bench me, but he, 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 didn't, he didn't because I was the only one that was dedicated. I would come to practice all the time and, and uh, really work at it. But the following year when I came back, uh, I had an outstanding year. I won, I won the outstanding back of the uh, 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 of the conference, an outstanding, uh, 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 most valuable back uh, of of my team. And you know, uh, the thing about it is, you know, because I stuck with it, and because I had the confidence within myself that I I can do it. You know, a lot of people have tried to discourage me. Oh, you're too small. You know, they'll break you, and you you don't have this, you don't have that. But in my mind, this is what I wanted to do. Uh, so, uh, yeah, all the skills that I, I have today, you know, uh, I developed growing up in the inner cities. Wow. Folks, we're with uh, Tony Weeks. What a pleasure to have you, my friend. And uh, my pleasure. here on our podcast, man, it's an absolute thrill to have you, man. My uh, pleasure. The first time I ever saw you, Tony, and mm-hmm. out of respect, I sometimes say Mr. And all right, Tony, <laughs> sorry, man. That's respect, okay. brother. You know what yeah. I mean? I Absolutely. Mean, I mean, you're, yeah. God, man. I'm just, <laughs> fuck, it's awesome, man. I'm gonna talk about this for a long time, man. When I, the first time I saw you, it was one of the most epic fights. Probably made me a boxing fan. Mm. I mean, it, I mean, three men were up on that ring. Three warriors. 
May 7, 2005. And I know you've been talked about about the spy, Talas. It was a 12-round lightweight unification bout between Diego Chico Corrales versus uh, uh, Jose Luis Castillo in Vegas. Corrales won the fight in the 10th round after himself being knocked out twice in the round. Mm -hmm. uh, what a fight. Tell us about the whole experience because, Tony, people are saying you stopped it early, didn't stop it. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. What a fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. Uh, yeah, <laughs> to this day, you know, uh, that fight still, you know, I think about it at least once every day wow, man. you know you know it's some it comes to mind something when i'm watching boxing over here. wow uh you know that fight you know when you're going through it in real time you know you're in a, a good fight but you don't really know or grasp how special this fight is and, and how when you look, it's going to be talked about yes you know when you look at that fight it was an even fight uh uh, both guys were uh, evenly matched and uh, evenly dishing out punishment and going back and forth. Uh, uh, in that, uh, you know, Diego, I started to close. Uh, but going into that tenth round, uh, when Diego went down, I mean, it, it was a shock. I was, whoa, he's down, you know. And uh, I pick up the count. And I see the mouthpiece out, but I continue to count. And I'm looking at Diego. He's looking at me. He's focused. He's ready to go. You know, like he was like he was fresh from the first round. He gets up. Of course, you know, I replaced the mouthpiece. And no sooner than I did that, uh, uh, Castillo puts him down again. Uh, and uh, uh, the mouthpiece comes out again. <laughs> yeah. So this time, okay, now I have to take some type of action. Okay, so... Yeah, I never called time. I just, uh, uh, excuse me, I did call time, but I never uh, brought him to the center. And, and you know, as you usually do, uh, indicate to each judge one point, one point. As I was taking him to the corner, I was indi indicating to each judge one point, one point, because I didn't want to waste too much time. And uh, Joe Goosen, you know, being an experienced trainer, you know, he's trying to stall a little bit. Yeah, so yes. he, puts the, <laughs> he puts the mouthpiece back in, and the fight resumes. Now, at this point, even though Corrales went down twice, both times he was still focused and he was, he was, he was steady on his legs, but I was still concerned because like I say, both fires were taken um, uh, even, even amount of punishment, but Corrales is the only one that, uh, that went down. So in my mind, okay, if he goes down again, I, I might have to possibly stop the fight. I don't know. You know, all of a sudden, Corrales comes out with a tremendous right hand, and I'm literally shifting uh, my concerns from Corrales to Castillo. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and, and it was like a blur, you know. Yes. Uh, uh, next thing I know, I'm jumping in and stopping the fight because uh, uh, Castillo went up against the ropes, and uh, uh, Corrales. He was defenseless. He was defenseless. Corrales landed a barrage of punches. And, and and I'm an instinctive type of guy. I, 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 uh, my instincts, no, get in there, stop the fight. You know. Yeah. Now, initially, like you say, uh, uh, there's some people thought it was too soon and whatever. Initially, the crowd, was, you know, wait a minute, what's going on here? You know, because it happened <laughs> so fast. It was fast. But when they showed it on the when they showed it on the replay, 
they show that uh, Castillo was literally, like you say, he was he was defensive, defenseless, and he was like a rag doll. He, you know, one more punch could have been uh, could have been fatal. Yeah, um, you're right. You know, there's there's always going to be the debate about the mouthpiece. You know, uh, who knows what you know, but uh, you know, as a referee, you have to understand the situation. You know, some people say you should have disqualified. You can't disqualify nobody in that situation. Uh, you you know you take a point away and uh, and that's it. I mean the first time the mouthpiece came out, I didn't know whether he spit it out or not, so I couldn't I couldn't say. Uh, but you know two times in a row, okay, now we have to take some type of action, you know, uh, because uh, you know you're buying some time here. But uh, it really doesn't take away from the fight. It doesn't take away from the fighters, both champions. They were both in champions. my in my mind, there were no losers that night, and. Uh, I remember, I remember Richard Steele telling me, you know, who's my mentor, by the way, uh, you know, he says, he told me that, you know, uh, referees can go throughout an entire career and not have a, a signature fight. And you were blessed to have a signature fight. I mean, uh, that fight is, is in the, is in the, is in the book, uh, record books, uh, uh, one of the top 10 greatest fights of all time, uh, greatest rounds of all time. And, you know, uh, you, you couldn't have a, uh, a, a, you know, really a, a dramatic uh, type of ending like you like you did. And you know what? I'm glad you mentioned uh, Richard Steele because it brings to light another memorable fight, Meldrick Taylor against Chavez. When, boy, they criticized him for stopping that fight, but Meldrick Taylor was in another planet. And, I mean, who would have known how many seconds were left? I mean, they're so into the fight. That was one fight I was like, wow, man, he stopped it and, Rightly so, rightly yeah. so, because oh, Meldrick Taylor, yeah. right, Taylor can't even talk anymore. No, can't no, even put a sentence together. Poor guy. Yeah, you know, absolutely. See, the one thing a lot of fans don't understand the rules. What I mean by that is, there's three minutes in in a round, and if a referee determines that within that three minutes. Whether you can continue or you can't continue, if you can't continue, you stop the fight. If you can, you let it go on. Yeah. Now, people say, well, there's only two or three seconds left. Wait a minute. If if Richard would have uh, had that in mind, if let's say just a referee would have that in mind, oh, there's only two or three seconds, I'm going to let it go. No, yeah. you'll, be, you'll be cheating for the other guy. Yeah. Because uh, if there was more time left, you know you would have stopped the fight. Um, it, it, you know, it was unfortunate that you know Richard had to take that type of criticism throughout his entire career, but yep, it was it, it was, was a signature fight. Oh yes, and it was the right thing to do. It was the right mm -hmm. thing to do. You know, absolutely. And and really, at that time, with at, at that fight, I, I wasn't the referee. I was a fan, and I I reacted like a fan. <laughs> you know, what what are you doing? You know, and <laughs> but you know, I understand now, and I understand the rules. I understand what it's like to be in that ring and be and be in a tough position. I've I've heard one announcer say that it was the most unusual call in the history of boxing, and I say it's the most courageous call in the history of boxing. Absolutely, and uh -huh. and you know another thing, Tony. I just recently a fight Bertel and uh, Valdez, where I don't know why they didn't stop that fight. And I I blame his corner for not stopping that fight. Mm -hmm. Why they let him go out there for that ninth mm -hmm. round, or I think it was the tenth round, because mm -hmm. his career could be over with that with that beating he took. You never know, yeah. but yeah, it, 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 you know, it, it's tough in there. Um, 
you know, trainers, they know their fighters better than anybody. Mm-hmm. Of course. And, and uh, you know, uh, you could, you know, forget the machismo thing. It's about someone's life. Yep. And, you know, and, that, and, that, and that's the bottom line, you know. Uh, when you recognize that, hey, this guy doesn't have it anymore, that, that the, the potential for him for being seriously injured uh, uh, or even worse, you know, yeah, stop the fight. Yep. And you mentioned one thing that it was a blur. Like in, in our job, let's say in my job, we always train and tell the look, but we got to make split second decisions mm-hmm. and it can be life or death that people don't understand. Yeah. In your case, it's the same thing. You've mm-hmm. got to make these, these split second decisions, like you said, out of instinct. Yeah. What if you would have let him continue mm-hmm. and he gets really hurt? Yeah. So, man, my. My kudos to you guys. My respects to the refs up there. I Thank mean, you. look, man, stress factors are kicking in while you're up there. The no. crowd, everything. Your your main focus is the safety of the fighters. And it's unfortunate mm-hmm. that a lot of people that do not know, mm-hmm. uh, they're going to criticize. You know, oh, why did he stop yeah. it so early? What if, yeah. But but yeah. they're missing the point, the big picture. What a fight. I, mm-hmm. I, and you know what, Tony? I still see it, man. I'll yeah. go home. But, and I'll yeah. and I watch the fight because mm-hmm. it was it was one of the best fights of all time yeah, man. for me. Oh man, I you know the thing about funny thing about it too. Originally, I wasn't supposed to do that fight. Wow. Uh, they uh, <laughs> um, uh, at the time uh, mixed martial arts were coming back, and I judged mixed martial arts. And they had a mixed martial arts uh, event that same day, that same night, and so I was assigned to that. But really, I was okay because if you remember, the following week was the big name fight with uh, uh, Tito Trinidad and Winky Wright. So I was like, okay, well, uh, I'm I'm good. I, yeah, maybe I can get the Winky Wright uh, Tito Trinidad <laughs> fight, you know. And, but you wow. saw you saw what happened that the Trinidad uh, a Winky Wright fight mm-hmm. uh, didn't, didn't even measure up. No, it didn't even love. It was kind of boring. Yeah, yes, you know. Uh, I mean, no, just, no disrespect to the fighters. No, 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 no. It just didn't live up. It, it no, to the height. To, yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, what happened uh, uh, with my fight with Christine and Corrales, uh, it, actually, they were at the fight. I remember them being at ringside. And uh, 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 it, it was, yeah, it, it just didn't measure up. But I, I was really blessed to have that fight. And, I don't. I, I'm. I'm a man of faith. I don't believe uh, in something being a coincidence. I was. I was meant to be there that night. And it probably, I guess, made you the badass referee you're at now, Mr. Tony Weeks. What a fight, man! Thank yeah. you. And, and you know, I say things like when I see fights, I say thank you for letting me, God, be part, witness, appreciate the sport so much of a fight like that, man. Yeah. Yeah. What a fight. Yes. And. The second fight, uh, you you didn't ref it, right? No, no, no. And Castillo won. Yeah, I, I yes. believe. Yeah, uh, he, and, he, he yeah he won. Yeah, uh, I believe yeah. it was a knockout. I believe it was a knockout. And then uh, and it, it was a weight problem. Uh, I think it was uh, a weight problem. It was. Yeah, yeah. And you know that fight, and I don't know if you knew, but that fight was supposed to be taking place here in Opaso. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, and after a year after that. Diego Corrales passes in a motorcycle accident. Yeah. And the great uh, Chico Corrales 
What a fighter, man. Do you, yeah. Let me ask you, who do you compare a Chico Corrales to in the sport of boxing right now? Wow. Man. You know, you know, really, to be honest with you, uh, Chico stands alone in my mind. Uh, yeah. I, I, I had the honor and pleasure of uh, doing two fights with him. The, the first fight with uh, Casamayor. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. He, he had to cut, and yeah. the doctor had to stop the fight. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, when you look at uh, uh, Chico's physical status, uh, uh, built, uh, it, it doesn't look like this menacing type of fighter, yeah. you know. Yeah, but yeah. man, could he punch! And man, you just you could just when I'm in there, I could feel and see the heart of a fighter. Oh man, and and you know, this guy was just so courageous. Uh, when he stepped in that ring, uh, uh, he would always give at least the, the, the fights that I've seen with him and the fights that I've done with him, he would always give it his best, you know. And uh, to me, you know, he, he just stands alone, you know, and and as well, uh, with Castillo. You know, uh, uh, Castillo uh, uh, will be amongst one of the, you know, the great champions, the, the one of the great traditional Mexican champions. You know, yeah, it's just in my mind, I just I can't think of anybody else. You know, Corrales reminds me of a lot of uh, Alexis Arguello and Salvador mm. Sanchez. Mm. And just that they weren't menacing. You didn't see these yeah. bulging muscles. Yeah. They, but boy, yeah. when they punched. They put people out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. 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 Um, and and um, so you talk about the safety of the fighter is paramount. Uh, of course, I mean, people don't un really understand what the function of the referee is up there, but you play, a new, you, you're always like to say the third man in charge of the action. You play a vital role, not only in the prevailing atmosphere of the ring, but also of the safety what warrants in your mind, Tony, a stoppage? What is what would make you stop a fight? I know you said defenseless fighter. Is there anything else you want to add to that? Well, a fighter could be outclassed. Okay, uh, not necessarily taking a tremendous amount of punishment, but just be totally outclassed and has and he just has no way to win, and then. As the rounds go on and you have the accumulation of punishment, that adds up. And I give you a perfect example. When I did uh, uh, the Angulo um, uh, Canelo fight, uh, now I've done Angulo before and I knew what, what type of fighter he was. But for, I don't know, for some reason in that fight, uh, it was really nothing on his punches. Uh, um, Castillo, I mean, uh, 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 Canelo uh, was winning every round <coughs> and landing hard shots. Uh, what made it difficult for me was uh, Canelo really mounted an attack to really finish him. Uh, I remember yeah. going into, uh, I believe it was a, a fourth round or some, somewhere around there, and, you know, hey, you know, we go over to the corner, we warn the guy, hey, listen, I'm getting a little concerned. You're starting to take a little bit more, starting to take a little punishment here. You know, I'm checking on you. Are you all right? You know, and he's good. He's good, whatever. But the same thing happened was the carrying round after round. Uh, 
I, I, I went in this corner. The second time I went in this corner, I brought the doctor in. The doctor, uh, 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 you know, looked at me and said, he's okay, but monitor him. At the end of that ninth round, I believe it was the ninth round, going into the tenth, uh, doctor comes in and uh, uh, he looks at him and says, you know, uh, he might, you know, you might be, it might be it. This might be it. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to let the fight go on. And when I get the opportunity to stop it, I'll, I'll stop it. And when you look at that fight, uh, Canelo wound up from a distance and threw an uppercut. That's in, in my opinion that an amateur wouldn't get hit by, and it and it his head went back so violently, and I jumped in and I stopped the fight, and of course the crowd, you know, went berserk and booed and this that and the other, and you know, but they don't understand, like you say, that a fighter uh, uh, could be seriously injured. You don't know what type of uh, injuries injuries that a fighter is going into a fight uh, that they may have, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, being, you know, having a long career. Um, but, you know, you Thank just, you. You, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Tony. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. No, you just, like you say, uh, in, in a lot of cases, uh, you look at, you know, if the guy's taking too much punishment, if there's nothing on his punches, if he doesn't have a chance to win, you know, stop the fight. Um I I can go by steps, like I say. I can go into the corner. Hey, I'm starting to get a little concerned. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. I'll give you and you know what? Uh, mm. I'm sorry, Tony, but also you also gotta you also gotta also you you also the the type of fighter tells you a lot, right? If he's like an Angulo fighter, that guy was always in the middle of the ring taking a beating like an Arturo Gotti, man. Oh, and then absolutely. you have fighters that really don't take a beating. So that's yeah. that you also absolutely. pay that into account, correct? Absolutely, absolutely. I give you, give you another example. Uh, when I did uh, Pacquiao and uh, uh, De La Hoya, uh, De La Hoya, you know, he, he wasn't. He, he he was past his prime. We all saw that. Yeah. And um, I remember going into the. I can't remember what round it was, but I remember going into the corner, and I and I I always talked directly to the fighter, not the not the trainer or anybody else. I said, "Listen, Oscar, you're taking a lot of punishment." If it continues, I'm stopping the fight and walked away. And uh, the trainer, um, one of the trainers said, was convincing him, uh, you know, hey, that's it, stop the fight. And the corner stopped the fight. So, uh, you know, like you say, it's just having that instinct to see and understand and not being afraid to pull the trigger, you know, because you may have the most popular fighter, you know. No, that's pressure, man. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we, I mean, I guess that answers my next question, Herman. That I was trying to talk about. Well, how can we make this combat contact sport a little bit safer? But I, in me, in my mind, there's three lines of defense to the fighter, and it's the coach, the doctor, and then ultimately the third man in charge of the of the action. Like, and we hear that loud and clear: the referee. Three lines to make the sport safer. I don't think there can be another. What else can we make it safer? I think it's you guys. You're 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 playing a vital role to these yeah. fighters, man. Yeah, yeah, uh, and you know also you know uh, leading into a, the fight, you know, uh, uh, you know these fighters passing their physicals, 
and and making sure that they are uh, uh, mentally and physically able to compete uh, with uh, in in a in a boxing match. <clears throat> but like you say, you know, um, the real the real work begins real work begins when they're in that ring, and all three people, you know, have to work together. Yeah, you know, in there and see what's what. You know, if the like I say, the, the the trainer, they know the fighter better than anyone else. Of course, and and they understand what's happening. As as a referee, uh, my experience as a referee, I can see and I, I and, and I can understand what's happening. As a medical doctor, they can uh, assess uh, a fighter at, from a medical point of view and understand what's going on. Uh, so yeah, you you have those three lines of defense, but. Uh, all three of those have to be competent. You know, you're, you know, when you say that about the referee, and I had a fight, ooh, I don't even remember when, but I fought Kenny Keene up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Mm -hmm. I was taking a beating to the body, and finally he just caught me with a solid body shot. I went down on one knee. The referee came over, and I go, he started counting, and I go, God damn it, get to 10. And he, <laughs> just, he just looked at me and go, that's it. And I said, mm -hmm. that's it. I mean, that's mm -hmm. it. I, my body, yeah. I was done. I was done. Yeah. There was no macho yeah. thing. It was just continue getting hit. I'm going to get yeah. hurt. So, yeah. So yeah. he did the right thing. The well, and, and you know what, Tony, uh, you guys are um, – Guardian Angels, man. Yeah, because it's a brutal sport, man. Yeah, it's you a know, you, brutal. Yeah, yeah. You always hear, you know, people always say, or some fighters always say, you know, let me go out on my shield, and you know, wow, it, it's it, it, it's it's not my job to do that. It's my job yeah. to protect you. You know, yeah. I would love. That's to a good point. You, I would love to let you go out on your shield if if possible, but. Uh, it's not my job to let you go out on your shield. It's my job to protect you. That's the bottom line. Yeah, and and and, and that's man perfectly said. I'm sorry, Herman. That's perfect not example. my job. Yeah, perfect yeah. example. We have a Fernie Morales here in El Paso that was in a coma for a month, and mm -hmm. all because of that. Let me go. Let me go against Canisales. Yeah, uh, I think it was Orlando Canisales, and. Mm -hmm. uh, he went through surgery, and now the guy, he doesn't remember the fight, but he, wow. they retired him for life. Yeah. He's never the same again. But yeah. I see him all the time, and, you know, God, thank God he's here with, still with us, but yeah. that's just something that, you know. Yeah. Hey, hey let me ask you something, Tony. Uh, so how much, well, I, 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 you know, first round, fighters come out, and then you see these flash or heavy knock, knockouts, like knockdowns, like brutal that changes the entire fight if he gets up and continues, correct? You change your thought process because he just got rocked with 30 seconds into the fight, correct? Oh, I, absolutely. You know, um, <laughs> you know, you, you, uh, you, of course, like I say, your attention is going to be on the <coughs> fighter and see how well they can recover. Um, uh, if, are, are their legs are in, uh, on, uh, under them? Uh, are they punching back effectively? Are they defending themselves effectively? So yeah, it definitely changes a lot. Now, even though it's the first round and they're not taking any hard punishment, but we know in boxing, all it takes is one punch. Yep. One one punch and it changes everything, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, or and then again, you as a ref, you're that guardian angel. You're watching their eyes. You're watching how they react. It's like mm -hmm. you know that Ryan Garcia against Luke Campbell fight. It wasn't in the first round, but man, he got rocked and. Mm. We were all watching Ryan, how he's going to react. And 
he gained his marbles back, and of course, mm -hmm. he was triumphant at the end. But yeah, I, I'm pretty sure, uh, and that's a lot of pressure. It's kind of steaming to my next question: Do the pressures of being a referee uh, is probably well, not probably, it's very high. Uh, safe to say, a stressful job, and should be one of the most stressful jobs. And depending on the type of fight and fighters and the media, you play a vital role, and sometimes the outcome and the atmosphere in the ring totally. Uh, tell us about how have you learned to deal with it? Because you say that I'm not saying it's post-traumatic stress, but mm -hmm. you're still talking, you're still thinking about a fight that happened in 2005. Uh, mm -hmm. Has does can that affect you too, Tony, in, in yeah. one way or the other? You know, it can if you let it. Uh, the bottom line, like um, anything, right? Yes, yes. You know, um, I go in and, like I say, understanding sports at an early age understanding martial arts at an early age i understand what uh or, or, or i have the ability to just to be focused on what i what i have to do and a lot of times like i say i i i make certain calls instinctively so instinctively. i'm not yeah i'm I, i'm not worrying about you know what the crowd's going to think or or you know what the fighters or the trainer whoever is going to think um but i've learned to block all that out you know, first of all, the general public has no idea what it is to be in that ring. They have no idea what it is. Some of them don't have no, no, no idea what it is to be a fighter. No one that has no idea to, what, to be a referee in that ring and the pressure that you're under. That you, oh, man, uh, tremendous. That, that you have to make this split-second decision uh, whether to stop a fight or not or, or, or make a call, or, uh, a correct call or not. Um, but through my experience, through uh, gaining the wisdom through my experience uh, has helped me, you know, to just maintain focus in that ring. I, I don't care who's in that ring. Uh, you could be the face of boxing. But if, it, if it's time for me to stop a fight, I'll, I'll have to stop the fight. And we'll, we'll, we'll deal with it later. But, but like I say... It's very, it's, it's a tremendous amount of pressure that oh no one really God. understands. You, you just said it, man. Imagine, I, imagine telling De La Hoya, hey, you can't come out no more. <laughs> oh, yeah. What a pressure, yeah. man. Yeah. Think oh, about, yeah. you know what? One guy that reminds me a lot is that Gerald McClellan. Mm -hmm. the, the, oh, it's like, God, that fight. I mean, you couldn't tell. Oh, they should have stopped. It's just, but I'm sure the, it weighs heavily on the referee's mind. Like, oh, yeah. Should I have stopped that fight? Because, oh, yeah. You know, the guy now is, you know, yeah, I mean, the guy's in a can't talk. Can't yeah, I mean, he can't talk. Yeah. He just mumbles. Yeah. So, 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 Tony. So, do you like psych yourself out before a big fight? Like, here we go. I mean, the big man upstairs. We ask him for support and guidance, of course. But man, you, you also got to psych yourself and prepare, just like a fighter, correct? Oh yeah, yes, I do. Uh, and I and and uh, if you ever see me when I get in the ring, first get in the ring, I say a prayer. You know, I, I say a prayer for, you know, both fighters that they come out. Yeah. Okay. I, I say a prayer that to give me the courage to make the right decisions and the right calls. Uh, yeah. I mean, once again, yeah, you, you feel it, you know, and going back to what I was saying earlier, especially when the crowd is there, you know, 15, 20,000 people, means you're watching around the world, you know, you, yeah, you, 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 I get hyped, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> it, I mean, it was no different when, when I was playing uh, part one of football or running track. <laughs> or doing martial arts, 
it is that same type of hype you know you you're getting ready to perform you're getting ready for an event uh so you know you want to get that mindset uh in there that you know this this really helps me stay focused uh just what's happening in that ring and not what's going on around around the ring or outside the ring yeah wow man yeah i mean and again once again you are a guardian angel tony thank you yeah. you are man to these fighters and man to i know for me i know for herman very appreciated up on that ring man yeah thank you absolutely absolutely man wow man what a so i so talking about safety and all that right now tell us one a picture that has been so shared on social media the picture that you're on with a bloody shirt and then people have even put you don't play boxing that's a picture holy yeah. shit, that's a picture yeah. what fight yeah. was that tony um uh, that was Baju Badu Jack. Uh, oh, uh, that's and Brown. I believe Brown. Yeah, Badu Jack. Was Brown. that the back cut in his eye, up top yes. of his, uh, top of the forehead, cut. on top of the forehead. forehead? Yeah, and at, it was the co-main event to the uh, Pacquiao um, Adrian Bronner fight, uh, and uh, <laughs> that fight, you know, because of the cut itself and all the blood and everything, it really outshined the main event. It, it, you know. And like you say, that that photo right there just just it's still going viral, and it really depicts what boxing is all about. And you know, because it is blood and guts and everything else, I you know I, I had no idea I had all that blood on me. I just remember <laughs> going back to the corner in between rounds, and I'm looking, and like a lot of photographers are looking at me, snapping pictures, and I'm looking. I'm like what, and I look. Oh, whoa! <laughs> you know, then you, you know, <laughs> you see the blood. Then I, it didn't. Okay, I still got to go to work. Let's go. You know, uh, oh, man, what a yeah. what a what a picture! And like you said, right, Herman? I mean, that's a yeah, picture. T- t- let me, Tony. Let me ask you a question. These the prize fighters. These guys, the big, you know, the the big names in boxing, like the Mayweather's. Do they decide who they want refereeing their fights? Do they make no, 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 say no, so no. on that? I mean, they can they can have a safe request. So they can request, they can request okay. but, but you know, uh, it, it's ultimately up to the uh, the, the commission uh, to um, uh, you know assign the referees and all the officials. Okay. So they don't. It's up to the promoter, the commission. You said right? Yeah, the commission. Yeah. Wow. The athletic, um, yeah, the athletic commission. So dealing with the uh, dealing with the fighters and boxers uh, that we've been talking about, right? Um, is one thing. Uh, how about dealing with those fans? You mentioned that you know there was no hecklers this time when COVID hit. Uh, <laughs> you have the fans, and how do you deal with those pressures? Because, like you said, I know you you know you get into that mindset. Is that something when you were being a new uh, ref? Was that intimidating at, uh, at times with hecklers and, and people just yelling stupid stuff? Yeah, you know, early in my career, you know. Uh, I really didn't know how to handle it, uh, you know, in, in, you know, in terms of um, just absorbing what they're saying. I, but I, I incident, I started my, my career in, in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, interesting thing happened to me. I was doing a, I was refereeing a tough man contest. And, um, you know this and you know the you had the, the arena was packed uh 
and uh, you had this one particular fighter who was a fan favorite. Uh, he gets knocked down. Uh, okay, he gets up. He's a little unsteady, but he's, okay, I'm going to let you go and let the fight go on. No sooner I let it go and he gets knocked down again. This time he gets up, he's really wobbly, and I, st- I waved the fight off, and the crowd went berserk. Everybody's yelling, throwing money yeah. in the ring, throwing this, that in the ring, and and I'm I'm like, oh man, I, I, my career is done. Um, I, I I went back to my corner. I said I couldn't even look. The commission was to my to my left. Well, the eye ain't you bad. <laughs> well, well, hold on. Uh, the commission's to my left, and and I, I'm saying to myself, oh, I can't look down. I, at the time, the executive director was John Montano, and and I I can't look down. I know he's going to snatch me out the ring, and I finally mustered enough courage, and I looked down at him, and he said perfect you know <laughs> and what a relief this came on to me and i learned first of all forget what the crowd says yeah excuse me first of all believe in yourself the only one you have to answer to is the commission and forget what the crowd says so i learned those three things right on that spot and from that point on the crowd never bothered me wow and, man. He, and he's from brooklyn don't forget yeah. that. <laughs> That's right. That's, yeah, well, you know, yeah, that, that reminds me. Yeah. Brooklyn almost came, almost came out. <laughs> I, 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 when I first came to Las Vegas, and uh, I was doing my first fight in Las Vegas, uh, it was like a four-round, a six-round, somewhere around now. You know, at the MGM Grand, you know, there's Holly, you know, not too many people there, so you can really hear the hecklers. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember what I did. Stop! I did something, and and this guy was kept yelling, "Oh no, another Richard Steele!" Oh, you <laughs> boom, boom. So I get out the ring, and I go right. Up. He's like a uh, uh, couple of uh, uh, tears <laughs> up there, and I go up to the thing, and I go, "Hey, you like that?" And he just went broken. Uh, uh, yeah. And I and I stopped and I thought I said, oh man no I shouldn't have done that I said man I said, I said they don't know him they know me you know yeah. now if that guy would have came down and we started fighting and you know so I, I learned right then and there you know uh, 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 you know like I say I learned before but uh, that really you know taught me something because like I say uh, uh, I, I never had it done like that with this guy just yelling. You know these, these these things and stuff, and and he 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 said something else that was kind of kind of racial, you know. So that I that really you know hey yeah. you know yeah yeah, yeah. Demo, punch your lights but, up. but but he folded <laughs> he folded up he folded up and I, and but I I said okay no <laughs> so I never did that. I never did that again yeah I mean you know you know what people like you said don't know what boxing the general audience don't know what it really takes to put a show on. All that I did some ring announcing. That's how mm-hmm. I started. Yeah, uh, right. Some pro fights. I met Herman, and it was I think Camacho Jr. was on the card. And man, it was my first announcing gig. Was mm-hmm. it, it went to shit because you know what? I was so nervous up there that mm-hmm. I started walking back and forth. And the camera guy's following me on the ring. <laughs> ring announcers don't move. Yeah, and he told me you got to stop, man, because I'm gonna fall <laughs> off the ring. Yeah, and people were yelling, and I got nervous, and it's tough, man. People oh, can be yeah. vicious, man. Oh, they can be cruel. They can be really and then, cruel. And then, they, then you mix it with alcohol. Oh, oh forget about it. Right? 
forget about it, man. Forget about it now. And 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 then you also have, you know, once in a while, you have some pretty bad coaches that don't agree with what you're doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You can have, uh, you know, unfortunately, I've never. I mean, I have coaches to play, but I never ran into any coach that was really nasty and bad. Uh, I can't remember this guy's name. Uh, He he was. uh, John Luis's trainer, and he was really vulgar. Uh, I never, I, I, I never experienced it, but he was one guy that really stands out. He was really, uh, really vulgar against the referee, yelling out all kinds of nasty things and cursing him out. Where he had to be removed from the corner. Was, you know, it, it was that bad. But you know, uh, a lot of times, you know, like I say, I understand. Uh, uh, a lot of the coaches, you know, they're trying to look for every edge they can for their fighter, you know. And uh, I understand I, my experience and my wisdom tells me that I understand when he's not really directing that towards me. It's, it's He's trying to get every little thing. You know, I'll give you an example. You can have a, a coach yell, oh, that's slow, that's slow, that's slow. And then, and it's just borderline or whatever. He's trying to bait you in to make a call. And no, you can't do that with me. No, no, <laughs> shut, shut up. You know, I got it. You know, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. And because they, they think by them putting the pressure on you, yelling, you're going to break uh, that. Yeah, you know, and the crowd's going to go with it. Yeah, he's hitting them low, man. Yeah, yeah get it. And no, no, no. I mean, no. And, and man, and just imagine Herman in a fight. I mean, guys, we have Tony Weeks with us. He's ref, Oscar De La Hoya, Manny Pacquiao, Juan Manuel Marquez, Casa Mayor. Diego Chico Corrales, Jose Luis Castillo, Bayou Jack. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, my friend. What what a resume, man. That if anybody knows what they're saying, it's you, my man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. You know, I, wow, I, I I'm just I'm just truly, truly blessed to do what I do. You know, uh, you know, I I never grew up saying that I want to be a referee or, you know, I love boxing. You know, I just fell into it, and it came to me, and that's the blessing. So that's what you're meant to do, man. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, what I, that's what the big lord, the big uh, man of stars, put you to do, man. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and in the sport, in the sport that is a beautiful sport, hmm. that is uh, it's 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 a beautiful, it's the sweet science. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that leads me to the next question. In the next couple of in the last couple of years, we've heard a lot of talk about how boxing is broken. Uh, I'm going to say corrupt. Um, fighters are not fighting where they're supposed to. MMA is better and taking over. Uh, what do you what What do you think that people media at times bash the sport so much and seems that there's never satisfied with any fight, any fighter? Has boxing really changed for the worse? I mean, we hear, you know, Canelo fights and, oh, my God, there's so many haters out there. So do you think... Tony, speaking first of corruption, I know even Dana White, and I know you don't. If you don't have to answer, you don't have to answer all this. But I know Dana White uh, has has said a lot of words about boxing. Sometimes he makes sense, sometimes he doesn't. Mm-hmm. But do you think the sweet science has come crashing down, and uh, it's not what it used to be? I guess. What do you think of that, Tony? Well, it's definitely not what it used to be, but I I I don't think it's come crashing down. I don't I don't. I don't I don't think, you know, corruption is in there. Uh, when you look at mixed martial arts, UFC, uh, there's no middleman. You know, uh, there's a president and he makes the fights and they make the fights that the fans want to see. 
Yeah. And that's that's the that's the bottom right line right there. You know, um, you have the different sanctioning bodies. You have the uh, in boxing, uh, you know, different promoters, so forth different and so belts. on, and different belts. And you know, it's so hard, you know, for these for some reason for these guys to get together and, and make these fights in the prime. Um, uh, I look at the, uh, uh, the the fighters of yesterday going 15 rounds, uh, fighting more than once a year, uh, and you know, is it, definitely a, a, a you know a, a, a different era, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, you, you, I can't remember who the fighter was, but he was saying something to the effect that the fighters today is more, more or less businessmen. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, I can understand you want to be paid for what you do. There's, there's no question. It's a brutal sport. Yeah. Right. There's no question about that. Uh, but I remember Mike Tyson said, you know, Hey, I wanted to fight everybody. I wanted to know if I could beat that guy. You know, and uh, that's what, you know, fighters, you know, fighters of yesterday, a lot of the fighters of yesterday, you know, Hearns, Hagler, Duran, all those guys, you know, they win, they win in these 50-50 fights. And so I, I want to know if I could beat this guy, you know, yeah. I, I and, and, you know, didn't worry about, you know, having an undefeated record or, or what have you. Um, that's all it is. You know, you just need for boxing. You, you have the fighters out there. You have the great talents out there. And yeah. we just we just need to put them all together, and that's hard because they. I'm sorry, Herman. Go ahead, Herman. I think that's where the UFC. I think they they, the UFC says we're going to have this fight, and if the fighter says no, I'm not. Bye. Yeah. Oh yeah. Next. Absolutely. So absolutely. you can't in boxing. You can't. I mean, they no. got so many promoters and all yeah. these so, organizations. So. So do you think maybe that if you know you said that why we're not making these fights? You think if, if we had more incentives in boxing, it would be better? For example. Let's take a note, and, and again, I don't know if you can comment on a lot of what I'm saying, Tony, because you're an active ref, and you got to be kind of neutral, right? Absolutely. You know, to a lot of things, to a lot of things. I mean, mm -hmm. I can imagine the pressures of that, too. But, for example, uh, the canelo Yildirim uh, fight, you know, if they would have told Yildirim, hey, we're going to give you an, a bonus of $5 million more if you if you make it to the eighth round. Damn, I would have. Mm -hmm. but, but you never know. Maybe <laughs> yeah. the safety, you know, I don't know, man. Yeah. He just didn't come yeah. out no more. Yeah. And and everybody will say, well, he was right, so he's been paid for. Why is he going to come out? I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying, if it was more incentive for the fighters, I, I don't know. I mean, fuck, I mean, maybe we would see more fights being made. I don't know. You know, so, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? You know. Uh, the, 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 yeah, I can say the bottom line is uh, give give the give the fans the fights that they, they want to see. That's tough, Tony. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I know there's. There's a lot of big fights, big fights that want to be made in this mm. year, but uh, haven't been made. And mm. um, I know there's some, a lot of good fights to coming up. We got the uh, Jorge Linares, David Haney fight. Mm -hmm. um, I know uh, Ryan Garcia's fight and Javier Fortuna. I mean, it's a tuna mm -hmm. fight for Ryan. I like yeah. Ryan. I mean, he's a, he's a real good upcoming. And I like him for a lot of reasons because yeah. he's good for boxing. He's the face of boxing. He's charismatic. Yeah. He's a good looking mm -hmm. kid. Yeah, uh, and we need fighters like that. Look at Canelo. Canelo's been real busy giving us fights time after mm -hmm. time, and he's going to fight Billy Joe Saunders. And mm -hmm. uh, hopefully, after this, we get the the big names, right? The Charlo brothers, right. the Benavides. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it, it it should be very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tony, let me ask you: uh, the amateur world. Did you ref amateur boxing, or was just pro? 
Actually, uh, uh, when I when I started in Phoenix, I I went to straight to the professional ranks. Wow. Yeah, um, uh, and it, well, it's a long story behind that, but I went straight to the professional ranks. And um, when I moved to Las Vegas, um, in order to uh, stay in tune with the, with boxing, I started doing amateur fights. In uh, when I came here to uh, Arizona, I mean, I, I came to uh, to Las Vegas, but I would go back and forth to Arizona and do fights, pro fights, to uh, you know, to uh, uh, you know, stay in tune with everything. But Tony, yeah, but is that awesome, man? Referring the little kids, awesome, huh? Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> they awesome, see the little guys go at it, right, right. Yeah, they show the heart. And, and oh actually, my God! You, you, you can see some of the talent in in, oh, these, in these kids. Oh my God! Oh yeah. You know, you they they get up there. It takes a lot of cojones as a, mm -hmm. an eight year old to get up there and just fight. What yeah. what a beauty! What a beautiful yeah. sport, man. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what advice uh, would you give a local boxing commission and Golden Gloves organization about recruiting athletes into boxing and bring them into local gyms? Before the show, we were talking about how you know the generations have changed. Mm -hmm. It's tougher to to fill in these gyms. Yeah. I, I own a gym, and kids just I mean they don't. They don't fight at school no more because it's yeah. bullying or they don't what yeah. advice would you give tony for uh, these local boxing commissions to recruit well you know uh maybe you have to go out there and actively recruit these these kids right. and uh going to the make an appearance uh at uh these these centers and and and, and small gyms and what have you bring some of the big name fighters in uh so these uh young kids can see these guys up close and right. personal and, it's hard to and, bring these big fighters. Yeah, and you know, and then you know that's where the motivation comes in. These guys are motivated. Uh, uh, you know, uh, these young kids are getting motivated by these seeing these guys up close and personal, and having these having these guys talk to them and and uh, telling them what the business is all about, and you know how they can uh, uh, you know become great fighters and and what they need to do, so forth and so on. Uh, yeah. I, that's the only thing that I can really think of at this time that, you know, just actively going out to these small gyms and yeah. uh, really, you know, it, I, I, I've, I've gone around when I go to uh, either different countries or, or different states, I go to a lot of the small local boxing gym and the reaction of the fighters and everybody, oh, Tony Weeks is here. You know, he's in a, that motivates yeah. kids. You know, oh, here's yeah. this here's this guy. We see him on TV doing the big name famous fights. guy. Yeah, no. <laughs> hell yeah. You know, and they get motivated, and you know, just like you said with your son, uh, you know, and but the same thing could happen with these fighters. You know, these fighters, you know, can go into these gyms, uh, go into the schools, uh, community centers, and 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 talk to the kids and motivate the kids to you know to do something and let them know and understand. The importance of physical fitness and and yeah. being in shape, you know, not just being you know a fighter. Everybody can't be a fighter. Everybody can't be a world champion, but everybody can be in shape. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. What's that, Herman? I say there you go. They, everybody can be in shape. No mm -hmm. excuses. Well, I mean, Tony, and we're almost wrapping up our show, man. It's it's, it's awesome to have you, man, and your words. Um, what what a what a great entry I've had, man. I've enjoyed every minute of it, my friend. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. I mean, my honor. And, and it's going to be awesome. Before we go any further, Tony, I got a little bit of, I got my little Brooklyn in the corner. Look. 
my Yankees and Jets helmet. <laughs> I seen it. I was gonna say something. I seen it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm a Giants guy. But I but I like Joe Namath. <laughs> oh yeah, you can't go wrong with Broadway Joe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you can't go wrong with that. So as 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 everything goes back to normality, football, everything. Hopefully, hopefully, Tony, you have you uh, are you lining up for any big fight soon, uh, Tony? Uh, well, we have a like I say, we have a couple of fights coming up in in May. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll see what happens there, um, and we'll see what happens when it when it really starts to open up again, and the fans start to come back in, and the fights start to come back here to you know to Vegas. And Tony, you mentioned that when you go to other states, you know, my friend, that you have a home here. Where is that uh, boxing? Please stop by, man. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yes. All right, yes. please stop by and come visit us. I know you've been here in El Paso before, right? Or is that yeah. the only time you have been here? No, no, I've been to El Paso before. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah have, I have. You, have you ate the food here? You like Mexican? Yes. Food? <laughs> Where did you eat here? You don't remember? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, my favorite is the regular plain cheese enchiladas. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. Hey, what? Well, you... Papa, Papa, Zephyrolis. <laughs> all right. If you come, man, we'll, we'll cook for you, Tony. All right. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. That sounds you great. You got I appreciate it. it. Hey, so we're gonna play rapid fire. Ten questions for you. Is that okay, Tony? That's fine. All right, my friends, we're here, folks, at the Web Boxing 101 from the installations here at Warriors Edge Boxing with the Hall of Famer, the legendary Mr. Tony Weeks. Number one, best boxing movie, Tony. Oh, uh, uh, Ali. Oh, Ali, good. Yeah. <laughs> Your top fight that you have refereed. Corrales Castillo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to go watch it right now. Uh, because of the pandemic, 2020 was a challenging year and i keep asking this question i'm going to tell you what was your 2020 fighter of the year wow and it's challenging because yeah. of the covid yes i mean it is you know it's it's, it's it's very challenging um that's a hard one that's a hard one to say I, i'm going to say all the fighters that fought in right. 2020 <laughs> yeah I, i'm going to say the fighter that started the 2020 which was tyson fury Deontay Wilder. Yeah. That started everything. And then after that, everything went downhill. Yes. And, and yeah, you're right. Man. It can be all of them because you know what, man? I think as a nation, uh, we found out who we are. Our true determination and grit came out. Mm -hmm. And as a nation, despite uh, the ignorance of some people in this great mm -hmm. nation, mm -hmm. uh, there's still good people remain like us oh, and yourself, absolutely. Tony. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Name Okay, continuing the rapid fire with Tony Weeks. Name one thing that people don't know about you. I'm, <laughs> I'm a singer. <laughs> Are you a country singer? I, well, I could do it all, but I'm really old, old school rhythm and blues. Hey, but what are you talking about in the shower, Tony? Are you a real singer? <laughs> yeah, you know we we have a group here in, in in Vegas that you know, of course, you know we can't really rehearse right now because of the pandemic thing, but. Yeah, we do a lot, you know, the rhythm and blues thing. And that's cool, man. Uh, actually, a few years back, uh, I did something with the referees here at the uh, Nevada Boxing Hall of Fame. You can uh, actually look it up, uh, and, and you'll see we performed. Yeah, good. Uh, <laughs> is is Kenny Bayless with you? Uh, he was one of the guys that's in there. Yeah, <laughs> I think I've seen it. Is Kenny yeah. from Las Vegas too? No, Kenny's from Berkeley, California. Oh, okay. Not a good rep, man. He's been yeah. and he has been in so many fights too. Man. Yeah. Oh yes. Uh, if you can bring back one fighter that is no longer with us on Earth and see him or her fight one last time, who would it be, man? Or even Ali. Ref? How about Ref? Ali. Really? 
Al, the first Ali Frazier fight. Woo! <laughs> Imagine what a ref that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Man. Yeah. That'll be good, huh? Uh, one thing that you would change in boxing right now. Wow. Uh, one thing mm -hmm. I would uh, uh, change in boxing, uh, the negotiations. <laughs> All right. Leading up to the fight or you make the yeah. fights happen, huh? Yeah. Yes. One thing that you would add in boxing. The fans, bring, bring them back. <laughs> They're coming back, Tony. They're coming back, buddy. Yeah. Okay. We should have a fan appreciation Yes. Right? Yes. Last question for, for Tony Weeks before we uh, sign off on this beautiful Friday night. Uh, what weight division do you prefer to rep? I like the, I like the heavyweights. You know, I like the heavyweights. Uh, Why? Well, those guys, you know, of course, you know, the lighter weights, they're all around the place. They got so much of this nonstop energy, you know. The the, the big guys, you know, they, they, can, they have to really pace themselves. And, I mean, you can have uh, some fighters that can maintain a, a, a good pace in the fight, but usually those guys uh, uh, is a little more easy to manage. I mean, I'm strong enough to pull them apart and work with yeah. them, so I'm good. And right now, the heavyweight division is Dylan White, uh, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury. I, I think I think Tony and Herman by the end of the year we're going to see a huge heavyweight fight, uh, and that's going to kick us into uh, 2022, I believe. I uh, hope so. Yeah, <laughs> big heavyweights, and I hope to see you soon, Tony, uh, live or in the in the next uh, fight card. Herman, you have any last words for Tony? Yeah, you know, Tony mentioned that he's a singer. Now I can't get Larry Holmes out of my mind. Watching him <laughs> in that in this documentary when he was rapping, <laughs> <laughs> you got to see that tree. It's I will see it, man. I, I, I will Larry see it. Uh, boxing, buddy. <laughs> Tony, can I ask you for a favor, my friend? Yes. Before we send you off, can you? Just say hello to my Sheriff's Academy class. Uh, just say them a shout out and to all the kids you're at the gym. I want to give a shout out to the Sheriff's Academy class, all the, all the kids in the gym. Understand the blessings that you have. Understand uh, uh, the people the, uh, who are putting this thing together for you guys, the trainers, the, the coaches, everybody who's involved. It's all a team effort and it's all for you and all for your future. God bless. Folks, with that, what a way to send us off, man. Tony, it's been an absolute pleasure and an honor, my friend. My pleasure. May, you, God, bless, may God bless you and your family, my friend. Thank you so much, Thank man. you. God bless you, know, you guys, too. Now, now when there's fights, I'm not going to – I don't care who's fighting. I'm going to say it's Tony Weeks, referee. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I talked to Tony. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. Weeks, man. Thanks, yeah. Tony. Have a great, great night, my friend. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you guys later. This has been the podcast, folks, with Mr. Tony Weeks. It's been an absolute pleasure, Terman. What what a podcast, man, with that guy, right? Oh man, we had a legend in the same screen with me, man. We that we man, had a legend, incredible, in incredible legend. Um, I mean, just the guy. I mean, he's an encyclopedia of boxing. Just a guy that just what a again, humble man. What a humble yeah, man, man. I mean, and you know what, Herman? Just the fact that he's been. Um, he's refs. He's been on the ring with so many legends, man. And but you know what? He was like that here on 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 the screen. But we met him in person, and he's even a nicer person in in, in person. Just right. a great human being. Just an awesome man. Uh, just before we sign off for him, we're gonna just go ahead and say a shout out to all our listeners. We have Bob E. Midnight Poet. I'm oh, late, Midnight I'm here. Poet. He just signed his kid with me at the gym. 
Um, he, he was commenting, honestly, believing he done the right thing by stopping the fight, talking about the uh, Corrales and uh, Castillo right. fight, never, never give up. Um, Samantha Lechuga, some of my cadets, hello. Hello. Um, 21-01, my cadet class will be graduating next Friday. It's been an absolute pleasure. It, are those the guys that invited me to the barbecue? Yeah, those are the ones that you uh, took pictures of. Remember? The rest. Oh, okay, okay. I just yeah, got to make sure the, I have my wrestling mask. Yeah, <laughs> they're the ones that, and then uh, they're the ones that ran the blue line for right, uh, cool. calling officer. Uh, awesome. Adam Junior. He's a good friend of mine from Las, uh, from Brazil. Uh, Mr. Right Silvero as well. Uh, trained those guys out there. Um, Poet came back and said Ryan came back with style to fight when he fought Luke Campbell. And then we got Tokayo, Mr. Weeks. Great show. Tokayo, you're the man, brother. Right. Sammy, Samantha Morales, Trevino, best instructor ever, man. They, they bunch Woo. of kids asses, man. I, you know, uh, <laughs> and Boucher, motivated, dedicated, hardcore. We're seeing in our cadet class. This Boucher got bit by that dog right there. Oh, man. Uh, almost got her arm ripped off. By that little uh, dog? Yeah. No, it was, well, I hope it was. She said it was a big dog, but I bet you it was that one. <laughs> and then uh, Andres Peter, thank you, Tony Boucher. Thank you, all my cadet class. Thank you, guys, the indendibles. Indendibles. It's a hard, it's a, it's a hard name. But Herman, going back I'll, to. I'll see you guys on the, the 15th, man. Cadet yeah, cookout. Yeah, the 15th. You'll be there, Herman, right? Oh, hell yeah. Going back Good, to man. what? So, so we're going back to uh, just to, to sign off now. What, what a Tony Weeks. Um, uh, that was I cool. Mean, that was cool to interview him, man, and just have him on the show. A legend to take time to, to talk take to time us here to, at the podcast. To talk to yeah, absolutely. On the last hope, note, Herman, I want to go ahead. Go ahead. I hope the kids are listening to him. We're listening in on the podcast because he had some very encouraging words and some positive, positive words for all these kids today. So. So I hope they at, take something from that. And on that note said, Herman, I uh, just want to say that, you know what, man, it's so important to be loyal to something that you believe in. Absolutely. And Loyalty. In the sport that's so cutthroat, in the sport of boxing that's so cutthroat, uh, let's just try to stay loyal to people um, and not, you know. Not loyal, cutthroat. committed, and respectful. Loyal, committed, and respectful, right? Um, Absolutely. Uh-oh. She just put indelibles. I'm sorry. Indelibles is the class name. Oh, that's uh, the name of the, the cadets? The class. Oh. Yeah, the class. Fox is planning an April 24th pay-per-view between former heavyweight champion Andy Reese and former title cha challenger uh, Chris Adela coming up. That should be uh, an interesting fight. And then also our good friend, Herman, Brian Vera is going to be fighting next week. Next April week. 15. I know I've been seeing that he's a uh, – we've interviewed him too. Uh, and Who's he I fighting at? I don't know. I'm going to talk to him this week. and Or if you can talk to him, Herman, and see if we can put him uh, where he's going to fight at. But he's getting ready. He looks I'll great. He looks great, man. Good luck to you, uh, Brian. For uh, Good luck on your big fight for that uh, Silver Super Middleweight title. Herman, uh, any last words for people? We're good to go. That's it. Good night, people. God bless you all. And I'll uh, see you at the cookout on the 15th. I got it yeah, circled around the, my calendar. All the cadets, man. This has been my show, guys. Web Boxing 101. The podcast is going to be on Spotify already tomorrow. Uh, you saw it on the Boxing Reporter as well. So we're signing off here from the installations of the Warrior's Edge Boxing Gym in El Paso, Texas. Have a great night, folks.
And like, it, like I've always said, man, anything you do, you put God first. So long, everybody. Hoo yeah. <laughs>